0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, children, whoever's watching, how you doing there? This is Dave from Opposing the Matrix. Hey, it's a good day here in the state of Oregon. It's raining and like that never happens. (laughs) Every day it happens here. Um, I guess if you're living in Saudi Arabia or the Sudan or even in Israel, uh, it's... uh, Rain is a good thing, and it's a good thing here too. But uh, excessive amounts kind of get on you after a while. But not complaining, and but I will be glad when summer gets here. And um, this feels like fall, I feel me feels like uh, spring hasn't even started yet here. But anyway, I digress. Hey, um, tonight, yes, tonight. We're going to be talking about. Uh, I'm going to start something, folks. Uh, for the next few Monday nights, at least. Uh, maybe this Monday, next Monday, the next Thursday. Ah, I'll, I'll leave Thursday. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> you're going. What's he talking about? Come on, Dave. Um, what I'm going to do is uh, I did a. Uh, I wrote a. A short book. Um, about uh the days of Vanoa uh because I well i'll get into that why, why i did it later because this it's in that whole text body <clears throat> but um i wrote this a few years ago i think like in 2006 2005 right around there maybe even 2003 now that i think about it but anyway um, I wanted to know you know the Lord said uh, Yah- Yahweh Yeshua said that he's gonna come back or when he comes back it's gonna be like the days of Noah and I wanted to find out what the days of Noah were like um, realizing that the days of Noah was before the flood and after the flood for about 400 years or 350 years something like that uh, afterwards so he lived 950 years so it's you know uh, he's probably the oldest living patriarch that you know lived uh survived the flood of course and then lived afterwards but anyway um i want to find out what it's going to be like because i want to be able to compare what society looks like here uh here and uh what happened before the flood oh that's what i forgot to do okay i can do that tomorrow or the next time we do this so anyway we're going to be talking tonight about the uh, the nephilim uh, the sons of God and uh, mankind of course Uh, human females and their part in this Um, and uh, maybe a host of others Uh, I don't think there's very much left but uh, you'll you'll see you'll get the gist of all this and um, so we'll find out what the days uh, the days of Manoah were like and uh, boy I'm telling you First of all, it wasn't pretty before Noah, right before the flood, and it wasn't pretty afterwards and it's not pretty right now. So there is compelling evidence to believe uh, when when we're finished with this that um, we are living in the times that Yeshua talked about. Um, So yeah, so we'll be doing the Nephilim today. I'm going to be expanding that uh, the next time we're on because there's some stuff I just couldn't fit into one day or to one chapter of this little booklet I did, which, and incidentally, can be found on the Delusion Resistance website. Um, it's under my books. Okay, and uh, so let's see. Now we're going to go into uh, there was homosexuality before the flood. The Bible proves that. Okay, there was, of course, lawlessness. Um, there was uh, genetic engineering before the flood and afterwards. And um, in uh, uh, drug abuse, um, uh, paranormal activity, in the way of. Uh, <laughs> trying to contact uh or use the nature astrology was one of the things that they used before the flood to try to to try to predict the future and stuff and of course it was all bastardized stuff that was brought down by the the uh, fallen sons of god we'll be talking about tonight who the sons of god were or are maybe is a good way to put it and um so anyway we'll uh, we'll go with all that and um so, you know, if you, I'm going to give you a, a few minutes. If you want to go get yourself a cup of coffee, um, normally what I would do with something like this <coughs> is I would um, show the screen so you could read along with me, um, and I think that's a really good idea. However, the writing in this uh, PDF is, is kind of on the small side, and um, I can't read that very well. And since I'm doing the reading, I, you know, it's, it would be moot if I tried to. And, uh, so I'm going to be reading from the PDF, but I'm going to be reading, um, the, uh, enlarged version. <laughs> Cause you know, when you have a PDF file, it can really blow those letters up and, uh, So I expect to go for maybe an hour and a half, okay? Sorry if you're gonna get bored listening to this, but I'll try to spice it up a little bit. Um, However, to do that, I don't know. But um, we're gonna start out, first of all, with a video, okay? Um, And in the video, it talks about the giant of Kandahar. And when the United States was over in Afghanistan before we were humiliated by the Biden administration, uh, isn't that funny? You know, you can't even be humiliated by your enemies. you got to be humiliated by your own president. Uh, I think he's China's president anyway, but what do I know? Um, so anyway, uh, this is kind of at our beginning in in, um, in Afghanistan. Uh, soldiers had gone out into different areas and, um, and found uh, that there were... Uh, giants living in some of the cave systems in Afghanistan, and what better place to live, <laughs> you know, where there's a lot of superstition, you know, you're going to live in a cave where nobody's going to go visit if they know you're there, uh, if they know anything like a giant's in there. Nobody, especially in the Muslim world, you know, they're not going to go visit that place even out of curiosity, and um, but you'll see um, that there was a story of the giant of Kandahar, how he was um, had to be killed and because he was attacking soldiers, American soldiers, and um, and how his body was uh, delivered somewhere. <laughs> we don't know where. Uh, rumors are that it was somewhere in Germany, uh, Ramstein Air Force Base or whatever. And uh, and maybe they d- dissected him or whatever. The six fingers, six toes on each hand, or six toes on each foot, six fingers on each hand. and. Um, and also, he had two rows of teeth in his mouth. Um, what better to grind your bones up with, my dear? <laughs> you know? So anyway, let's go ahead and watch this video and um, as a precursor to what we're going to read about, because I think this will be a nice way for you to understand that there, these things do exist. Uh, there's a book called The Solomon Islands Mysteries, uh, which is another good book about current uh, Nephilim. And, uh, there are other books, uh, out there that you can read. And Eli Marzulli, we're gonna be, he's one of the people that are featured in this, uh, little video we're gonna be watching. Eli Marzulli happens to be a friend of mine. And, uh, he, uh, he's really heavy into this stuff, okay? Into the, uh, proving that the aliens do exist, but that they're fallen angels. Uh, proving that giants exist today, just like they did back before the flood and even after the flood and um so he's in it um he's a really good man Ellie Marzulli is he suffered a lot for what he's done he's uh, I think his house burned down um when he first started doing this stuff and he was getting close to the truth uh, his house mysteriously burns down mysteriously my ass Ooh, sorry excuse me um and uh so you know, those of us who decide to uh, to tell the truth, uh, definitely, whether it be health problems or financial problems or whatever, uh, the enemy gets in there and tends to want to disrupt what we're doing. And <clears throat> I just thought of something. I don't have the uh, chat room turned on, so let me um, let me get in here real quick because that shouldn't take too long. Oh, boy, don't allow. Okay, so go here. And let's hello see everybody. This is David. Hello, I was in a Matrix, and hello to some of you. Yeah. Okay. So is that this one today? I do think it may be. Let me look at the junk behind me and see if it's the same junk that's. Yeah, I think it is. So, um, anyway, let's uh, go to the uh, comment section. No, not comments. Yeah. I guess. No. I don't know. Who do I know? Now see, this isn't the right one. Okay, here's the one I'm looking for. Streamed. Streaming, maybe? Okay, let's see. Now this is one hour and 48 minutes. For some reason it's not showing up on my phone. Of course it's not. Of course. Well folks, I do not have access to the chat room. So feel free to write in there. Maybe some of you can banter back and forth and uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, oh my goodness, look at those double chins. Time to go on a diet. Okay, so let's play this video and kind of give you an idea of what's going on and where we're going tonight, okay? Afghanistan in 2002.
1: Of the cave. There's a cave. You see something coming out of the cave. This is a monster red beard and his hair was long past the shoulder. Like veterans of any military conflict, those who served in Afghanistan had both shared and unique experiences to reflect upon. But in the video that we have for you today, we want to bring your attention to an issue that is more otherworldly We're talking about the Giants of Afghanistan. Beings from the past and undiscovered lands who have allegedly been observed outside U.S. military bases. Army officers have recounted accounts of entire troops going missing in the mountains of Afghanistan in the early 2000s, only to locate their equipment in a mystery cave with no soldiers to be found anywhere else. What is the story behind the Giants of Afghanistan and how U.S. soldiers confronted these giants? Stay with us until the very end to learn of all the strange stories that surround these gigantic creatures. Giants loom large throughout world mythology, often representing the most threatening of foes. Their enormous size quickly conjures up images of superhuman strength and formidable abilities. Yet in many legends, the giant is a tragic figure who often dies in an improbable manner. In several Indo-European mythologies, Giant peoples are shown as primal beings linked with chaos and the chaotic nature, and they are typically at odds with the gods, whether Olympian, Celtic, Hindu or Norse. Giants also frequently appear in the mythology and folklore of non-Indo-European peoples, such as the Narcian tales. There are also accounts of giants in the Old Testament. Some of these are referred to as Nephilim, first references in Genesis 7.23 a word that is sometimes translated as giant, though this translation is not universally accepted. The Nephilim are mentioned for the first time in Genesis 6.4. They are described as having exceptional strength and physical proportions. During Moses' time, leading the Israelites out of Egypt, a few spies were sent into the land of Canaan they were to inhabit. The book of Numbers contains the depressing report of the spies who were sent into. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. All the peoples we saw there are of great size. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. However, the book of Joshua, which describes the real conquest of Canaan in later generation, makes no mention of such individuals. In 7-2, the book of Enoch mentions giants as the offspring of watchers and women. In Islam, giants known as Jababirat or Jabiran such as Uj ibn Anak are mentioned. So are there giants in Afghanistan? In August 2016, a YouTuber posted a lengthy interview with a military contractor identified simply as Mr. K. Mr. K said in the interview that he was present during the savage slaughter of a killer he dubbed the Kandahar giant. He said that the giant was killed during the height of Operation Enduring Freedom in 2002 when the military was engaged in heavy clashes with the Taliban in Kandahar province, the Taliban's de facto capital during the US invasion of Afghanistan. But this was no ordinary fighter. In 2002, a troop of soldiers went missing while on patrol in Kandahar, Afghanistan's southernmost province. When they were unable to make radio contact for an extended period of time, the military dispatched a special operations unit to investigate, albeit the branch of the armed forces they belonged to was never confirmed. The unit then came to a cave high in the mountains with scattered army equipment, but no evidence of the missing troops. That's when they came across the Kandahar giant. Though the narrative grows bigger with each recounting, some accounts claim the humanoid grew to be 15 feet tall, this red-headed giant with six digits, leather moccasins and the odour of dead bodies suddenly emerged from the cave and impaled one of the soldiers with a spear. The soldiers then opened fire, eventually killing the behemoth with 30 seconds of sustained shooting. According to one report, The squad was armed with full-auto M4 carbines, recon carbines, semi-automatic, and M107 Barrett anti-material rifles firing .50 BMG. This much firepower focused on one target for one second, let alone 30 seconds, would be extremely destructive. After killing the giant, the troops loaded it onto a Chinook helicopter which transported it to a cargo plane, and it was never seen again. The soldiers were ordered to sign non-disclosure agreements in order for the government to keep everyone silent. However, the troops eventually broke their silence because, as one of the guys subsequently stated, the people have a right to know the truth. How the government's denial fueled the spread of conspiracy theories An investigative outlet contacted the Department of Defense regarding the Kandahar giant incident in August 2016. The Pentagon told the source flatly that they had no record or information about a special forces member killed by a giant in Kandahar. The Pentagon told the source flatly that they had no record or information about a special forces member killed by a giant in Kandahar. Furthermore, there are no press releases on the Department of Defense's website about a special forces troop going missing in Afghanistan or any incident involving soldiers felling a giant. Of yet As with any good conspiracy theory, a lack of evidence isn't enough to prove that the tale of the Kandahar giant does not exist. In fact, the legend's refutations has had the opposite impact in some cryptid communities, which say that the government is trying to hide the truth from the public. Around the same time that an article debunked the story, self-proclaimed supernaturalist L.A told several right-wing websites that the US government was covering up this spectacular story and that those in power had a vested interest in keeping the truth of biblical prophecies hidden from the general public. The public has a right to know about this. If there are 15 or 18 footers wandering the earth and our military has brought them down, we as American citizens have a right to know about it, he said. I mean, this isn't classified military stuff. This is something we need to know and it points back to the biblical prophetic narrative. The truth about the Kandahar giant is far less exciting than the legend. Thanks to the power of the internet, LA Mazuli, whose YouTube channel is dedicated to relating current events to biblical predictions, brought the narrative roaring back to life. Mazuli interviewed Mr. K, a guy claiming to be a soldier who claimed to have seen the giant of Kandahar in a now deleted video posted on August 16, 2016. Mr. K claimed to have witnessed the monster yielding a spear and slaying a US soldier named Dan before he and the other special forces brought it down. The monster, according to Marzulli, was a Nephilim, a group of humans recorded in the Old Testament's Genesis and Numbers books who were claimed to be the people of unusually large size and strength, who could be found in the Middle East both before and after the flood of Noah's Ark fame. However, biblical historians generally believe that the Nephilim stories were based on metaphors rather than the reality of a 13-foot giant dwelling in the desert. Furthermore, the only Dan who died in Kandahar during the purported event in 2002 was Sergeant First Class Daniel A. Romero, who was killed in a bomb blast together with three other soldiers. Despite the facts, the tale of the Kandahar giant is reported to be an open secret among soldiers who fought in Kandahar in 2002. And according to numerous soldiers who fought in the region, they were ordered to point their firearms high, aiming for the head, and then a little higher from then on. There have been several reports from soldiers in Afghanistan of huge humanoids towering over the average man. These stories exist, but they are difficult to find. Few people are likely to come forward and claim to have seen a giant roaming about in Afghanistan's mountains. But there might be something absolutely enormous out there. They include the giant of Kunar, a huge monster seen by an infantry unit leader during a deployment in 2008 and 2009. One fateful night, the soldier looked through his freshly mounted thermal scope while surveying a village. He came across a very large heat signature as he entered the valley, which he imagined was a bunch of Taliban militants huddled together around a light eye up in the mountains. All of a sudden, the heat signature stood up as one being, a soldier recalled. The trees in that area grew to be about 10 to 12 feet tall, and this thing was at least as tall, if not taller than the trees around it. The soldier described the giant's stride as slow and relaxed, yet it moved with incredible speed, emphasizing the giant's chill yet purposeful aura. It walked parallel to the soldier's position for a while before vanishing up a neighboring hill. According to the soldier, stories of the encounter were not widely shared, but recollections of what he had seen came flooding back after listening to the coast-to-coast transmission. I believe I saw a member of an ancient race of giants descended from fallen angels, he said. Or it could be something like Sasquatch, I'm not sure. Another account tells of an unknown Air Force drone operator working in northern Afghanistan during the war, scanning around doing my thing and looking for stuff. One day, the drone operator noticed three 12 foot tall monsters. The operator said, there's a ruler tool that tells you how wide your crosshair is, and the people were as tall as the crosshair was wide. This was all in mid-wave infrared at night, so they showed up as black humanoid heat signatures. The operator monitored them for 10 minutes, during which time he stated the giants tended their fire and conducted other tasks, you know, giant things. The only thing interesting was the size, wrote the operator. The goats looked like cats next to them. As the saying goes, sometimes there is more than meets the eye. Unless, of course, what meets the eye is a giant. What are your thoughts? Are there actually giants in Afghanistan? Tell us in the comments section. (coughs) Yes, in Afghanistan
0: and many other parts of the world. So and we'll get into that right now, but uh, anyway, so, you know, I got a lot of reading to do, so why don't we get started on that, okay, and and uh, we'll go from there. So like I said, I wanted to know what the days of Noah were like so I can compare them to today and see if there's parallels from modern society to antediluvian society, okay. And I guess I wrote this around 2008, it looks like it's copywritten that date, okay. And by the way, you can download this if you go to delusionresistance.org and go to the book section, near my books, um, you can download this PDF file, I've made it that way. Uh, all the books that are on there are that way. I have a lot of Jonathan Gray stuff on there too. Uh, Jonathan uh, uh, told me one day, um, he's an archeologist by the way, if you don't know who he is, a uh, Christian archeologist. Uh, And uh, he said, you know, time's getting short. He says, we need to get these books out there. So go ahead and and offer them to people. And I said, okay. So he sent me all the PDFs and uh, I put them on the website. So that along with mine, and uh, there's a couple others on there too, I think. So um, yeah, so we're going to be looking at um, chapter one is going to be the sons of God and Nephilim. Chapter two is going to be continued research into the unearthly beings of Genesis. Chapter three is going to be antediluvian genetic manipulation. That's a good one. Uh, chapter four is homosexuality and same-sex marriage in antediluvian society. Chapter five, um, birth control in antediluvian society. Yes, they had that, folks. Chapter six, global warming during antediluvian times. Chapter seven, psychedelic drugs and special ju- spiritual journey. Excuse me. Chapter 8: The Rebellion of mankind against Yahweh and then chapter 9's Conclusions. I don't know if we'll do that one. I think we'll come through our uh, own conclusions a lot just by um, just by reading and uh, my reading, your listening and uh, and all that good stuff. So all right, I'm not going to read the preface. Okay, Preface. what a word. Preface. Okay, chapter one, the sons of God and an Okay, I'm not going to read that. Let's see. So we started out with the scripture that uh, Yeshua talked about. And, and he said, um, the disciples asked him when he was going to come back. And he says, well... At the return of the Son of Man, it's going to be as in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. That's in Luke 17, 26. Now, a lot of people just pass over that package, passage and read it. Uh, it's sort of vague. Um, the package has always caught my eye, for lack of better words. And um, And after listening to a recorded message about it, I decided to do my own study on the matter. I did this because um, Yeshua was giving me a hint of what society will be like when he's about to return so um like every good student you know I, I would hope that i'm a good student anyway um i got my bible and some other works that uh, describe what was life what life was like before the deluge destroyed the world and and i don't know about you folks but i wanted to know if our society belongs to the generation that yeshua said would exist at the time his return um, because if it is we need to be ready to meet him and help others to come to faith in him before it's too late Mike Wernicke one time joked during one of his uh, he was a Christian comedian back way back when and he said during the rapture he's going to grab two people and and he's going to say repent now or I'm dropping you <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen There's not gonna be enough time um, and I talked about how it's broken up into different chapters um, this uh, particular chapter deals with uh, angels that rebelled and took human wives These wives had offspring called Nephilim, and Nephilim means the fallen ones, uh, who were half human and half angel, making them supernatural and corporeal at the same time. A strange breed indeed, right? Excuse me. Um, Yes, so they're known as the Nephilim, and the the Greek uh, Septuagint uh, called them giants, which is what they were. They were large in stature. and uh, so the Nephilim in Greek society were uh, the, like the Titans, uh, half God and half uh, human beings. So these, these creatures, the Nephilim, were half fallen angel and half uh, human being. And uh, okay, all right, uh, this occurred, of course, before the flood, but also after. Uh, and it's my belief and assertion that this, uh, it happened after the flood. Uh, and that same thing that happened then is happening today. Uh, now, before you make any judgments, uh, read the book, uh, meaning the Bible. Read uh, this book that we're reading here. Um, read the different sources. Um, First Enoch, uh, Jer- um I always do this Jasher I always say Jared for some reason uh, Jasher the book of Jubilees and um, on and on okay and these books tell uh, what life was like um, yeah, in, on earth before the flood and afterwards of course now we're talking about the antediluvian world and if you don't know what that means um, uh, it's it's an adjective, of course, because it's describing the world. It's describing a noun, um, and uh, it's uh, anti-deluvian means uh, anti meaning before deluvian meaning flood, basically relating to the period before the flood described in the Bible. That's what it is. Uh, so, in essence, a good paraphrase would be the world that was before the Noadic flood. Uh, this. Um, This was the time when God was finishing creating the world he had finished creating it actually but it was still kind of new and everything Um, until he destroyed it in the flood Uh, now we have a definition we can move on and uh, rest assured that people won't be scratching their heads when they see or hear the word antediluvian it's a-n-t-e by the way anti meaning before uh just like am means anti-meridian before the sun reaches the uh, Ninety degrees up in the sky to the meridian um anybody that likes to research the Bible likes to read the bible of course and um and i just I just like it because it it really says a lot to me and when I'm reading the Bible for research, I'm also um getting talked to by yahweh and and he's ministering to me and um while I'm working on ministering to others it's uh it's a win win situation that's for sure. Um, now, I've been, let's see, I got saved in 1979, way back then. Uh, so, let's be 40, what, 43 years ago? <clears throat> um, so, I've you know, in my, my birth date, or my birth, uh, I'm 30, actually 43 years old in the Lord, uh, 64 in, in the world here. Um, and every time I pick up the scriptures, it never ceases to amaze me what's in it. It's... Uh, it's amazing it really is and it's never gets old it's um it's a it's a living word and it's what's called the living word of god and, and it helps you uh, understand and, and you can read a scripture um let's say back in 1979 okay and read it that same scripture again in 1982 well let's say not 1992 let's make it 12 years or 13 years and um <clears throat> and it'll it'll apply to what you're going through. It might look like it's talking about something different where but it's not, but it's applying to what you're going through thirteen years later. It's it's unbelievable really, it's how it how it works. Um how scripture works. Um let's see, so I've been around long enough to discern fact from fiction and um I get a bit upset bit when I see people um who authored delusions uh, hence my ministry is um delusion resistance uh trying to hoodwink different uh decent and honest people actually um i often wish i could get paid for exposing frauds but uh, i haven't yet and it's probably not going to happen so um i just do it it's it's fun it's a it's more than a hobby but less than a job if that makes any sense um now, the two main, uh, focus of the, of our, are I see army me and my wife and others, our ministry, um, at Delusion Resistance is, we uh, started out and still does consist of, um, talking about evolution and extraterrestrials. Those are the two things, um. And I was into those things before I came to faith in Yeshua, so um, I, I, I can know about more about what I'm talking about in those two areas than in other areas. So um, I can speak through life's experience, basically. Okay, now one of the things I like about Bible prophecy, and I know this sounds like it's going off on a rabbit trail, but please understand, it's this is all going to come together, okay? Okay. Um, Reading how things were predicted uh, or prophesied uh, by prophets and others and how they came to be uh, years later, it just totally amazes me. I think they said um, if uh, Yeshua had, I'm probably getting the numbers wrong here, if he had uh, fulfilled uh, 15, I think it was, scriptures or prophecies, that would be the same, that number equivalent would be the same to Dropping silver dollars all over the state of Texas, three feet deep, and dropping one silver dollar in there that was specially marked, and um, and having it all mixed up, and then diving in and finding it on the first dive. Okay that's that's quite phenomenal if you ask me but um you know yahweh he talks to us about this and he says um in isaiah 46 9 through 10 he says remember the former things of old so he's telling us to to look back at before the flood and and uh, at the creation and stuff like that he's remember remember the former things of old for i am god and there is none else <clears throat> i am god and there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, "My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure." Okay, that's pretty confident, isn't it? I guess you can be if you're if you're the King of the Universe and, and the Creator, and you have infinite mind. So now, uh, <clears throat> the only Holy God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, can we make such a claim, right? Uh, he has a perfect score; um, <laughs> and others fall by the wayside. Um, and by others, I mean you know other supposed gods like uh, like Allah and um, and the God of the Buddhists and uh, and the gods of the uh, Hindus and stuff like that are nothing compared to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, you talk about a web you know the world wide web the um, scripture is like a like a big spider web um, all points are connected by one common and continuous thread okay um, anchor point a might be on the other side of the web from anchor point B or D let's say but uh, everything between them makes the web one web okay. Um, take for instance the first coming of Messiah there are numerous prophecies of his peppered of his coming peppered through all through the Tanakh and when I say Tanakh I'm talking about the Old Testament I don't like calling it the Old Covenant or the Old Testament so I call it what it is the Tanakh okay um, the Brit Hadashah which is the New Testament deals with the subject of his first coming, and promises his second coming. Uh, The birth of the church, true believers everywhere, is the confirmation of his first coming. Um, Since the church and Israel both still exist, his word assures us that uh, there will be a second coming of Messiah. First because he promised to return and to take his church unto himself, and second because he promised to come back and redeem Israel. Uh, God gave birth to Israel. Israel gave birth to the Messiah. Messiah gave birth, uh, gave life, excuse me, to all who receive him. And Messiah Yeshua return to be Mary's bride, which is the church, and to give his people Israel. And to save his people Israel, sorry. <clears throat> but again, I digress. Um, for some time, I was greatly intrigued by one verse in the Gospel of Luke, uh, also shared the Gospel of Matthew. In that verse I read already, um, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the, the days of the Son of Man. And again, it's Luke 17, 26. Now, here Yeshua gives us a proper prophecy, excuse me, property, okay, uh, that we should really not ignore, okay? It's vital that we understand what life was like on earth when Noah was alive. The Bible gives us a few ideas about the condition at the time. Mankind had been perverted to such an extent that we were, there were only eight righteous people on the whole planet, and the planet could have had billions of people, folks, by that time. Uh, some estimates of the population of our planet before the worldwide deluge, or deluge uh, <coughs> could have risen as high as a billion people. Other estimates go as high as 8 billion people. Given that people lived for hundreds of years in that era, remember that, the potential for having extremely large families was quite good. For instance, let's take Adam, uh, his son Seth. Uh, He had uh, 20 sons and 20 daughters, which he could have very easily him and his wife. Uh, And each son or daughter had the same amount of offspring by the time of all of Seth's grandchildren were born in his family. The family could number 802 people. That's a big family. Imagine birthdays! Oh my goodness! If they celebrated them, you'd go in a hawk. <laughs> and and not to mention, well, they didn't celebrate that many. Uh, they wouldn't have had a wouldn't have had a Christmas, and they wouldn't have had all the the uh, the Jewish uh, celebrations, and they wouldn't have all the, they wouldn't have Easter. And uh, so, if they celebrated birthdays, that's 802. Oh my goodness. I I suddenly feel like I'm not as bad off as I thought. (laughs) Um, And I'm not bad off, don't get me wrong. It's just that birthdays are stressful. Um, Seth lived to 912 years. So there's a good chance that he and his wife produced more than 40 offspring. And we can't rule out that uh, the men of that epoch had more than one wife, right? Um, So there was a population boom before and during the time of Noah same as we have today, kind of, but not as much as it was fifty or sixty years ago. Uh, moreover, conditions on Earth at that time were different, and we can, and we are, uh, con, we were conducive uh, to live longer and healthier lives. Uh, those things back then, um, all added together, it was a perfect um, for God's command to be fruitful and multiply. Don't forget, folks, that things are so much different um, in in, uh, in the world. You know there was probably a higher oxygen content uh the sun was filtered out more than it is today, and um which was conducive to people living much, much longer than we do okay now there's a scripture, and I want to read. And it says they did eat, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. And that's in Luke 17, 27 to 29. Now it sounds like life was normal for the common person who lived before the flood uh, from the passage, you really can't get any idea what was what it was like at that time um, other than uh, in other words, you can't tell if there's abnormalities in what we have today okay uh, but one interesting note is that uh, all this time Noah had been preaching to the world and they were all evil. he was pleading with them to repent and to come to the Lord. But just like today, people go about their daily lives like things will go on perfectly until the day of everyone's normal death. Um, They hear about Yeshua all the time, through friends, radio, television, not so much anymore, Um, and other means, yet uh, they just ignore the warning and the blessed news that God has provided a way to escape uh, judgment and hell and to live a fruitful and meaningful life. If you saw me jump, it's because something popped up on the window and the sounder was kind of loud. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Let's see. Where was I? Okay. Uh, This is another attribute we share with the antediluvian world. Okay. Uh, I also find it extremely interesting that Yeshua also brings up the subject of Lot and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The great sins of the city of the plain were sexual in nature, both homosexuality and perverted heterosexual sex sin. Um, It's no secret that our society is immersed in sexual perversion. Each and every day we hear about children being molested by adults and even by other children. Um, The homosexual agenda is being force fed down our throats, much more than it was when I wrote this. (laughs) Um... The sin that was once associated with that perversion now just labeled as an alternative lifestyle, and, and nowadays taught as if it should be the lifestyle of everybody. And the perverts and deviants are even lauded and given accolades because they are especially talented. Uh, take for instance Elton John, who openly admits a homosexual lifestyle was given a title of royalty in england and child and child molesters like uh, michael jackson say are, are labeled as victims when their sins are brought out into the open uh, we're supposed to feel sorry for that sort because their father happened to be a bit tough on them while they're growing up you know whatever uh, well so were a lot of fathers of uh, normal decent people and to make matters worse, even even worse, worse, or you want to use that word, if one is to bring up the misdeeds of these types, one can be charged in the legal system as having committed a hate crime. Even now, more than ever. Again, this was written in 2008. Uh, now, man, I'll tell you, you just look at somebody cross-eyed and it'll be a racist and a hater and everything else. Excuse me. Oops. Um, this world is a, a state where up is down and bad is good. God foresaw this, and He comments Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, and put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, the men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. That's in Isaiah 5, uh, verses 20 through 23. Um, And we'll be looking at the, like I said, homosexuality on another night. uh, Because it was rampant before the flood. To get an idea of what the world was like before the Flood, we have to examine what led up to the evil of Noah's time. Uh, The evil of his time was actually quite advanced. Um, Everybody thinks that they were dumb, you know, uh, farmers that just uh, lived in an agrarian society and nothing else. Um, uh, This is because the evil didn't start in Noah's day, of course, but it had its roots in earlier times. Excuse me. Got a little agita agendas points out something quite strange um, it's so strange that many even just pass over it um, in their reading and don't want to investigate it full fully um, first let's look at the biblical passage which reads and it came to pass when men began to f- multiply on the face of the earth and daughters are born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and and they took wives of all from all that they chose and the Lord said my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also flesh yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years and that means that from the day he said that till the flood was 120 years okay. Um, There were giants in earth in those days And also after that when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children to them The same became mighty men which were of old men of renown And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart Man's heart was only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he had made man on oops on the earth and it grieved him in his heart and the lord said i will destroy man whom i have created from the face of the earth both man and beast and creeping things and the fowls of the air for it repenteth me that i have made them genesis 6 1 through 7. now in this passage we're introduced to several personages the first one is the men of the earth Uh, that's pretty simple to define as being men in general right Uh, benai adam sons of adam or in the broader sense mankind the second group is the daughters of men again we have people who are easy to identify Um, as the daughters of men who are mentioned in the same sentence. The men who were mentioned in the same sentence. Uh, Then we're introduced to another group who are called the sons of God. Now the Hebrew term for sons of God is benai Elohim. Uh, When the phrase is found in a Tanakh, um, it's always used to denote angels, always. And I said the Tanakh, I didn't say the whole Bible, the Tanakh. See the reference, uh, there's Job 1, verse 6, 2, verse 1, and 38, verse 7. There's also Psalm 29, 1 through 2, Psalm 89, 5 through 6. Only after the death of Yeshua in the New Covenant does it refer to the believer of Yeshua being the sons of God, and that reference isn't a matter of adoption um it also says that uh, we have the right to become sons of god okay let's look at the term sons of god in the tanakh okay job 1 6 says now there there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan came also among them which tells you right there it's angels it's not mankind (laughs) okay it's not the sons of seth uh because they if they would look at god they would die right so if they present themselves before the Lord, it would be an instant death sentence because flesh cannot look on the face of God, right? It's what Scripture says. Second Scriptures in Job two, Job two one, and it says again: there, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Job two one okay again in Job uh, 38 verse 7 when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy uh, the morning stars it was talking about is uh, it stars a lot of times is another name for angels in Scripture okay and another one, Psalm twenty nine one. These are all the ones uh, the the numbers I had related to you just a minute ago or so. It says the Psalm of David, give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Okay. Ye mighty is the word I believe geborim, but it's also denotes the Nephilim. Okay. Uh no, actually I think I'm wrong about that. You know, that's the, uh, the mightier, the the uh, sons of God. Okay, forgive me, folks. And uh, another scripture, Psalm 89, 6, For who in heaven can be compared unto the Lord, who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? Again, we have the word Benai Elohim. Okay, note that the words in Psalm translate to benay El, or, uh, which still means the sons of God. Okay, because benay El is... Basically, the same as Benai, or Benel is the same as Benai him Ben means son, Benai means sons. Okay. Um, okay. The passage in Genesis goes on to explain how some of the angels found human females attractive, and that they had sexual relations with them. It doesn't say that they married them, but denotes that the women were taken, perhaps by force, to submit themselves as wives. The offspring of these uh, two different types of beings were called Giants. The word Gigantes uh, comes from the Greek Septuagint translation of the Hebrew text. Interestingly enough, the word Gigantes was also used by the ancient Greeks to describe their gods, who were also said to be large in stature. The Greek Titans were considered to be half-human and half-god. So, folks, when we read the, or, uh, the yeah, was it the um, the Iliad and the Odyssey, and we read about all those weird creatures. They probably existed. Okay, um, if the Titans were half human and half god, they were Nephilim, and this is just the, the Greek way of embellishing on uh, the, these stories and these beings. Okay, uh, there are three extra uh, biblical books, extra meaning outside the Bible. Uh, that tend to shed more light in the vague vague, uh, scriptures of Genesis chapter six. The first is called the Book of One Enoch, which is a book somewhat revered by the Jews of the second and first centuries prior to Yeshua's first coming. So we're talking BC. The passages read, okay, you ready? And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied and that those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters and the angels the children of heaven saw and lusted after them and said to one another come let us choose us wives from among the children of men and beget us children and Semyaza, who is was also their leader, said unto them, I fear you will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of this great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear on an oath, and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations, not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. They swear they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were on all two hundred who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon, and they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And these are the names of their leaders Semlazaz, their leader. Arik, uh, okay, here we go. Arakba Remiel, Kokabiel, Tamlil, Ramlil, Daniel, Ezekiel, Barachiel, uh, excuse me, Asael, Amaros, Bartirel, uh, Ananel, Zachel, Sampsiel, Saturnel, Turel, uh, so it would be Yomiel, uh Sariel. These are the chiefs of ten. So under each of these, there is ten. So that's 200 angels, right? And if we study yet another extra biblical book, the book of Jubilees, we see the same story of the angelic corruption of the earth and all that's in it okay here we go and it came to pass when the children of men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the angels of god saw them as on a certain year of the jubilee of this jubilee that they were beautiful to look upon and they took themselves wives of all whom they chose and they bare unto them the sons and, the, and they were giants And the lawlessness increased on the earth, and all flesh corrupted its way, like men and cattle and beasts and birds and everything that walks on the earth. All of them had corrupted their ways and their orders, and they began to devour each other, and lawlessness increased in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of all men was thus evil continually. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had. Folks, I have dogs, and I don't have my wife here tonight to keep them calm when people come up, so. And I got grandkids that don't know how to be quiet, so. Um, The dogs are going to bark from time to time. Okay, I apologize. Okay. 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 And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, and all flesh had corrupted its orders, and all that were upon the earth had wrought all manner of evil before his eyes, and he said that he would destroy man and all flesh on the face of the earth, which he had created. But Noah found grace before the eyes of the Lord, and against the angels whom he had sent upon the earth, he was exceedingly wroth, and he gave commandment to root them out of all their dominion, and he... Bade them, and he bade us to bind them in the depths of the earth, and behold, they are bound in the midst of them and are kept separate. And against their sons went forth a command from him, from before him, his face, that is, that they should be smitten with the sword and be removed from under heaven. And he said, My spirit shall not always abide with man, for they are also flesh, and their days shall be one hundred and twenty years. And he sent his sword into the midst that each should slay his neighbor. We're talking about the Nephilim now again. And they began to slay each other until they all fell by the sword and were destroyed from the earth. And their fathers were witnesses of their destruction. Now we're talking about the fallen angels and after this they were bound in the depths of the earth forever until the day of the great ju- great condemnation when judgment is executed on all those who had corrupted their ways and their works before the Lord and he will destroy all from their places and there was not left one of them who he and one of them whom he judged not according to all their wickedness and that's in Jubilees 5 1 through 11 now in the late 1940s, a wonderful discovery was made by a young Bedouin kid who had nothing better to do but throw rocks into caves. <laughs> ah, be young again, huh? I could see myself doing that when I was that age. He was meandering out in the desert um, near the ancient ruins of Qumran. He was threw a rock into a cave and heard a crashing sound and it went into the cave and he went into the cave to investigate. Inside the cave, he found large pottery vessels, one of which he broke, uh, which contained the ancient documents that we know as the Dead Sea Scrolls. These scrolls contain nearly the whole Bible as well as many of the extra biblical books. Among these scrolls was one called the Genesis Apocryphon. The scroll is greatly abbreviated, version. <clears throat> of the first few chapters of Genesis. It is mostly in fragments. One of the fragments contains the following text regarding the birth of Noah. This is awesome, I love this one. Um, It says, I thought in my heart that the conception was the work of the Watchers, talking about Noah's conception, the work of the Watchers, the pregnancy of the Holy Ones, and it belonged to the Giants. And my heart was upset by this. I Lamech <clears throat> turned to my wife. Wa- my wife Bitnosh and said, "Swear to me by the Most High, Great Lord, King of the Universe, the Sons of Heaven, that you were truthfully telling me everything. If you tell me without lies." Then Bitnosh, my wife, spoke harshly and she cried and said, "Oh, my brother and Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. I got to get another sip here." O oh, brother, my lord, even brother and lord, remember my pleasure, the time of love, gasping for breath. I will tell you everything truthfully, and then my heart began to ache. When Bitnash realized my mood had changed, then she withheld her anger and said to me, "Oh, my lord and brother, remember my pleasure. I swear to you by the great holy one, the King of the Heavens." That this seed, pregnancy, and planting of fruit comes from you and not from a stranger, watcher, or son of heaven. Why is your expression changed and your spirit saddened? I speak honestly to you. Then I, Lamech, went to my father Methuselah and told him everything so that he would know the truth because he is well-liked and he is in well with the holy ones and they share everything with him. Uh, Methuselah went to Enoch to find the truth. Um, he will. And there's, there's gaps here, okay, folks, because uh, there's pieces of the fragment missing. Methuselah went to Enoch to find the truth. Um, space, he will. And he went to Parvame, where Enoch lived. He said to Enoch, O my Father and Lord, to whom I, I tell you, Do not be angry because I came here to you. Fear before you, fragment 2, column 2, Genesis apocryphon. Okay, it appears in this text uh, that this text is talking about the conception and birth of Noah. Apparently, when he was born, he bore some physical trait that was uncommon for humans at the time. The difference is not known. Perhaps he had blue eyes or different color hair, or perhaps he was a larger child than most. Uh, The important thing is that Lamech was concerned that his wife had been having relations with either one of the fallen angels or one of the Nephilim. Uh, While the text uh, is fragmented and we don't have the next column, it's clear that after consulting with his father Methuselah and grandfather Enoch, that Lamech's fears were laid to rest the testimony of his wife Bitnash, and her two elder and the two elders gave him comfort that noah was perfect in his generations and was not tainted by the angels or the nephilim many people think that the flood that god sent upon the earth was sent to destroy the nephilim this is not the case let me emphasize this is not the case okay as we can see in this following passage so many people oh the Nephilim hung on the side of the ark they can't hang there if they're dead right Uh, or my favorite they went into the inner earth but what part of uh, all the Nephilim was destroyed isn't evident that all the Nephilim were destroyed okay before these things Enoch was hidden and no one and no one of the children of men knew where he was hidden and where he abode, and what he had become of him, and his activities had to do with the watchers, and his days were with the holy ones and i enoch was blessed blessing the lord of majesty and the king of the ages and lo the watchers called me enoch to the scribe and said to me enoch thou scribe of righteousness go declare to the watchers of heaven who have left their high their who have left the high heaven the holy eternal place and have defiled themselves with women and have done as the children of the earth do and have taken themselves wives uh, quote Ye have wrought great destruction on the earth, and ye shall have no peace nor forgiveness of sin, inasmuch as they delight themselves in their children. The murder of their beloved ones shall they see, over the destruction of their children shall they lament, and shall make supplication unto eternity. But mercy and peace shall not ye attain. 1st Enoch chapter 12. And the book of uh, the words of the righteous, excuse me. <laughs> and all right, here's another uh, scripture: uh, the book of the words of righteousness and the reprimand of the eternal watchers, in accordance with the command of the holy great one. In that in that vision, I saw in my sleep what I now s- will what I will now say was the tongue of flesh, and with the breath of my mouth. Uh, which the great, the great one, hath given to men to converse with their, uh, therewith and understand with the heart, as He, was, he created and it gave man the power of understanding, wisdom of wisdom, and the word of wisdom. Uh, so hath He created me also and given me the power of reprimanding the Watchers, the children of heaven. I wrote out your petition, speaking to the sons of God, the fallen angels, and in my vision it appeared thus that your petition will not be granted unto you throughout all the days of eternity, and that judgment has been finally passed upon you. Yea, your petition will not be granted unto you. And from henceforth, you shall not ascend into heaven unto all eternity, and in the bonds of in the bonds of the earth, <clears throat> the decree has gone forth to bind you for all the days of the world, and that previously you shall have should have seen the destruction of your beloved sons, and ye shall have no pleasure in them, but they shall fall before you by the sword. And your petition on their behalf shall not be granted, so nor let your own nor yet on your own, even though you weep and pray and speak all the words contained in the writing which I have written, first Enoch fourteen one through eight, and <clears throat> yes, there's an end. Um, and against the angels whom he had sent upon the earth, he was exceedingly wroth. He gave commandment to root them out of their their dominion, and he bade us to bind them in the depths of the earth, And to behold, and behold, they are bound in the midst of them, and are kept separate. And against their sons went forth the command before his face that they should be smitten with the sword, and be removed from under heaven. And he said, My spirit shall not always abide with man, for they are also flesh, and their days shall be one hundred and twenty years. And he sent his sword into their midst, that each should slay his neighbor. And they began to slay each other, till they all fell by the sword, and were destroyed from the earth. And their fathers were witnesses of the destruction, and after they were bound in the depths of the earth forever and ever, or forever, until the day of the... great condemnation, when judgment that is executed on all of those who have corrupted their ways and their works before the Lord, and he destroyed all from their places, and there was not one left, not one of them, he judged not according to the wickedness, he judged not according to all their wickedness. Jubilees 5, 6 to 11. Now I will repeat, and he destroyed all from their places and there was not left one of them whom he judged not according to all their wickedness he's talking about the Nephilim folks they all killed each other by the sword and there was none left and I'm going to read it again and he destroyed all from their places and there was not one left of them whom he judged not according to all of their wickedness okay That means that the Nephilim did not ride on the ark, that uh, it means that uh, one of Noah's sons did not marry a woman that had Nephilim genes, um, because she probably would have died. Uh, He wanted Noah to come across through the flood perfect in his generations, meaning that his son had to be perfect in his generations too, right? Okay. And as a sort of sideline to the subject of the Nephilim, one has to wonder what became of them after they slew each other by the sword. Can a half-human, half-angel go to heaven or hell? Can they be resurrected or live for eternity? The first book, the book of Fresenach, answers the question in the following passage. And it says... And now the giants, who are the product of spirits and flesh, shall be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies, because they were born from men and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin they shall be evil spirits on the earth and evil spirits shall they be called as for the spirits of heaven in heaven shall be their dwelling but the spirits of the earth which were born upon the earth on the earth shall be their dwelling And the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, and do battle, and work destruction on the earth, and cause trouble. They take no food, but nevertheless hunger and thirst, and cause offenses. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men, and against the women, because they have proceeded from them. From the days of the slaughter and destruction of the death of the giants, again, from the day of the slaughter and destruction of the death of the giants from the souls of whose flesh the spirits have gone forth shall destroy without incurring judgment. Thus they shall destroy until the day of consummation and the great judgment in which the age shall be consummated over the watchers and the godless. Yea shall be holy Consummated. Enoch 15, first Enoch 15, 8 uh, through 16, 2. Okay. We see from the, that passage that the Nephilim were killed. Uh, they killed each other by the sword. Their spirits didn't go to hell or paradise. <clears throat> Their disembodied spirits that...
1: <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> Sorry, folks. I think I'm coming down with something. They are disembodied spirits that cause all sorts of havoc among mankind. When you hear reports of ghosts, goblins, poltergeists, and other paranormal activities, they are the work of the Nephilim, or their spirits. Uh, Demon possession, in reality, is possession by the spirits of the Nephilim. Mediums and psychics aren't hearing from the dearly departed or ascended masters. They are hearing the haunting voices of the Nephilim. Before going on, to other things, uh, one might be asking about the angels who caused all these problems. Where did they go? What happened to them? First, we have to bear in mind that there were many angels that decided to follow Satan in his rebellion. Um, you know, I some guy did a, a mathematical computation and there could have been up to 50 million um, angels that rebelled, and that's a third of all the angels that there were. So that's interesting, isn't it? We read in in 1st Enoch chapter 6 that there were 20 leaders, and the chapter says that each leader had 10 angels under him. So, out of the multitude of the religious, the rebellious, rebellious angels that rebelled with Satan, only 200 were involved in taking human wives. But those 200 were sent to a horrible place to pay for their transgressions. And 2 Peter 2, four says for if God spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment the word Peter uses for hell in that passage is Tartarus the region is defined as the name of a subterranean region doleful and dark regarded by the ancient Greeks as the abode of the abode of the wicked dead where the they suffer punishment for their evil deeds and answers to the Gehenna of the Jews um, is also defined as the place that is as far below the earth as earth is below heaven not a good place to be I don't think folks don't you think um Jude 1 6 it says um and the angels was kept, kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He has reserved into everlasting chains under darkness of the judgment of the great day. Jude one six. Now, what's interesting here is it says that they left their habitation. And I hear from so many people, oh, angels can't have children. Angels can't have sex. And they cite the scripture that talks about the... Um, uh, i can't remember the address or right now but it talks about um when men and women get to heaven there will be no sex it says um and there there won't be marriage in heaven okay and i could see that i could see it real easy but they use that scripture to say that the angels can't have it but the angels original habitation was heaven right it says they left their own habitation which was heaven In other words they traded that in for life on earth okay and when they did that they actually gave up their their heavenly um, assignment so to speak and and took on earthly uh, attributes Uh, we read in scripture many times where angels eat food with humans they um, they commune with humans Um, the whole nine yards. So if they have to, in other words, when they when they get to linear time, they're subject to all the things of linear time. And one of those things is um, the ability to have children. Okay, so anyway, it's something to think about. And in the book of Enoch it is written, and I proceeded to where Things were chaotic, and I saw there something horrible. I saw neither a heaven above, nor a firmly founded earth, but a place that was chaotic and horrible. And there I see seven stars of heaven bound together in it, like like great mountains and burning with fire. Then I said, for what sin are they bound? And on what account have they been cast in hither? Then said Uriel, one of the holy angels who was with me, and was chief over them, and said, Enoch, why dost thou ask, and why art thou eager for the truth? <clears throat> These are the number of the stars of heaven which have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and are bound here till ten thousand years. The same <clears throat> the time entailed by their sins are consummated. I'm sorry folks my voice is going fast and from thence I went to another place which was still more horrible than the former and I saw a horrible thing a great fire there which burnt and blazed and the place was cleft as far as the abyss, being full of great descending columns of fire neither its extent or magnitude could I see nor could I conjecture then I said how fearful is this place, and how terrible to look upon! Then Uriel answered me, one of the holy angels, who was with me, and said to me, Enoch, why hast thou such a fear and a fright? And I answered, because this is a fearful place, and because of the spectacle of the pain. And he said to me, this, is the pl- this place is the prison of the angels, and here they will be imprisoned forever. I'm getting folks that that's the lake of fire that John was talking about in Revelation. Because the, that is a place where the angels were made, uh, made especially for the angels, the fallen angels. So and that's in first uh, Enoch uh, 21, 1 through 10. The human angel connection didn't end with the binding of these angels, though. There are scriptures that indicate that more angels rebelled after the flood and created more Nephilim. And again, we'll read Genesis 6, 4 and I'm going to emphasize the parts that I, I think are important here. Uh, there were giants on the earth in those days, and also after that, comma. Okay, let's, let's start again. There were giants in the earth in those days, semicolon, and also after that. That semicolon means a different time. It, it changes things to be a different thing. Okay, so there ain't there were giants on the earth in those days before the flood, but also after that, which would denote after the flood, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore them children, the same became mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Genesis six four. Afterwards specifies after the flood, when we see another instance of giants appearing in a, this time in the land of Canaan, which the Israelites were to inherit. the promise of Abraham remember and Isaac and Jacob for that matter Uh, Satan once again tried to thwart thwart God's plan by using these savage hybrids to occupy the land of Canaan and keep Abraham's offspring out obviously none of the Nephilim survived the flood which we talked about these giants are often mentioned early in the books in the early books of the Tanakh until the last of them were finally uh, killed off talking about the second occurs not the first the word nephilim only appears twice in the old testament we talked about that but these giants are also referred to as Gibor, and we find that in genesis 6 4 numbers 13:33, which is an interesting number uh job 16:14, and they're also called rephaim uh, when they reappear in a more limited fashion after the flood and that's in genesis 14 5 Genesis 15, 20. Deuteronomy two eleven, 11. Deuteronomy uh, 20. Oh, Deuteronomy 2, 11 and 20. Uh, 3, 11 and, th- uh, 11 and 13. Um, Joshua 12, 4, 13, 2, 15, 8. 17, 15, 18, 16. 2 Samuel five eighteen. 18. Uh, Twenty-one, or excuse me, 518, 22, 21, verse 16, 18, 20, and 22, 23, 13, 1 Chronicles eleven fifteen, 15, uh, chapter 14, verse 9, t- chapter 20, verse 6, verse 4, 6, and 8, <clears throat> Isaiah 17, 5, and 26, 14. They were also known by the proper names of Raphaim, Emim, Anakim, and Zamzumim. The Anakim are interesting. That name keeps popping up more and more, especially nowadays. Uh, There were other ideas and notions that the fallen angels introduced to the human consciousness. The book of First Enoch tells us some of these things. And all the others together with them. This is the scripture and all the others together with them together with them took unto themselves wives and each chose for himself one and they began to go into them and to devile themselves with them and they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots <clears throat> and made them acquainted with plants and they became pregnant and they bore great giants whose height was 3000 L's uh, <clears throat> who consumed all the acquisitions of men. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. You got it folks, they ate people. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish, and to devour one another's flesh and to drink the blood. Then the earth laid accusations against the lawless ones. And Azazel taught men to make swords, knives and shields and breastplates, and made known to them the metals of the earth, and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and use of antimony and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures and there arose much godlessness and they committed fornication and they were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways Samyaza uh, taught enchantments and root cuttings, Ar- Armaros, um, the resolving of enchantments, Barakizel um, taught astrology, Kokabel, <clears throat> the constellations, Ezekiel, the knowledge of the clouds, Erekiel, the sign of, signs of the earth, Samsiel, the, the signs of the sun, and Sariel, the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried and their cry went up to heaven. Uh, First, Enoch chapter 7 and 8, that was. We can see that at the beginning of most of all the occult activity that has plagued mankind through the ages, started with instructions by the fallen angels. We see that Nephilim <clears throat> used up all the resources of mankind. And when mankind can no longer sustain their appetites with food, the Nephilim turned to cannibalism and, and uh, started to devour mankind. The angels talk mankind how to make weapons and defenses. So we can ascribe mankind's art of warfare as having come from the, the, these angels. All right. So we can see by um, all that we have read up to this point or set up to this point, that there are many similarities between the antediluvian society and modern society. Uh, the, the masks might be different, but the players are the same, okay? I want to see how much further you have to get till the next chapter, okay? Two, three, four. We're going to have to make this into three. Five. Oh, yeah, there's no way I can finish this tonight. Not the way my voice is sounding. Okay. Well, folks, I think what I'm going to do is go ahead and, and lock it up here. Okay. Let me... um. Close this out. There we are. Hey. <clears throat> oh, we've been on for an hour and twenty minutes already. Yeah, that's a lot of reading. <laughs> so we'll continue uh, the next time we get together, and I'm doing solo. Okay. So um, I don't want this subject to take up every episode of o- Opposing the Matrix. So I think maybe on um, on Monday we'll just do regular stuff, and uh, Brian will be with us next Thursday. And then the Monday after that, we can do this stuff. Anyway, we'll work it out, okay? Well, folks, I'm going to get going. And um, I hope you've enjoyed this. We're we're doing a history lesson, basically, finding out what the earth was like many, many, many moons ago. So, if that having been said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to rise upon you, be gracious unto you. <clears throat> may he watch your going out and coming in, you're rising up and you're lying down. May he, and he only, give you the peace that passes all understanding. And may he grant you the things that you need. And um, maybe in some instances, things that you want, if, as long as the accord do as well. With that, I'm going to say goodbye, folks. I'll see you in the next broadcast.
1: Okay?